Hey, good afternoon, Jake. Good afternoon, Jason. What's going on? Nothing much, man. It's so good to have you on today and uh, get to know you. We're going to get to know each other, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. So welcome to the show. I really appreciate it. Let's get right into it. So first things first, Jake. Love if you give the audience a little bit of intro, who you are, uh, where you are in the world today. We're recording this episode near the end, near the end of August, if you can believe it. It's crazy. August of 2020. And yeah, it's a little bit about you. Yeah, first of all, it is crazy that we're we're at the end of August. I, I, I can't believe it. Those things, these those things together. But uh, I'm I'm coming from Santa Monica, California, and uh, you know a little bit about me is I'm a I'm a two time author. I've traveled the world as a motivational speaker, and I I teach entrepreneurs how to start their business, build a world class network, and scale to six figures. And that's what my main focus is right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we're, I know we're going to hear a lot more about that today. So how we met. I, that I was telling you this before we actually kicked off the recording. It's always really fun for me to have people on that I literally don't know. So we met, we met uh, our first words to each other were about 10 minutes ago. And so how we met is through a mutual connection, Alan Stein Jr., who was on the show here. We did an interview in like February or March of 2020, and I released that episode I want to say in June or July. So through, uh, through Alan, we actually got connected Alan's a great guy. We had a great time and I'm sure we're going to have a great time. So that's how we met. We met through somebody and we don't actually know each other really. Well, we we're starting to now. And which makes this next question super fun is our first impressions of each other. And since it is my show, I'm going to ask you to give me your first impression of me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I love, I love this question because it's not always uh, something that somebody's willing to ask, right? You never get to talk to someone about their first totally. impression until way later in the friendship when you get to decide, do you want to tell them the, the honest impression, right? But, yeah. but this, is, this is about honesty. This is about being being who we are and, and bringing our truth. But uh, no, no, no. It, it was great when we jumped on the video for the first time and it, seeing your face and just getting pumped up. So my first impression was was you were excited. Um, you were, you're an exciting person to talk to. You got great energy. You make me want to smile. You make me want to be uh, crushing this podcast for your people. That's awesome. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, my first impression of you is actually you sent me uh, a really thoughtful email asking if you could be on. And it was uh, like a really... It was a really positive email. Like you can, and you know, as a, I run my own business and I, you know, you teach people how to, you run your own business. You get a lot of people that email you a lot of things and yours was like very heartfelt and it was, uh, had a great, like a, a nice, um, personalized subject line. And I was me like, Oh, this guy sounds great. And then I realized something and I'll own it here on the air that I think I, I, I had meant, I had like starred your email to get back to you. And then I realized, I think I, like missed it for a week. And then I'm like, Oh crap, I really want to have this guy on. And he probably thinks that I've ignored him. Like a lot of people just ignore emails. So again, my first impression of you is just really friendly as well. Really warm opening personalized. So again, like I, when I got it, I'm like, Oh, this is so great. And then I apologize for actually not getting back to you in a, what I would say is a very timely manner, but here we are today. So it all worked out. Yeah, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful that it did, and and yeah, that's the beautiful thing. And we'll talk deeper into this, but why the why following up so important, and why you know making things custom customizable and doing the doing the extra thing is so important. And when you're building relationships and and having more fun in the game of life. Yeah, man, I'm excited to learn more about that because it sounds like I could probably use a little bit of it based on my email response rate. So let's get right into it. Are you ready? You bet. So first question for you, Jake, what is something that you nerd out about? 
I would say one of the things that I nerd out about besides the easy answer, which is basketball and loving yeah. the Lakers. Um, what I nerd out about is reading and figuring out how to be a high performer when it comes to building structure and habits that actually generate myself more freedom uh, mm-hmm. in my life. Mm. What? Oh man, I'm trying to decide here because I'm a I'm a sports fan. Like I'm from Minnesota originally, so I'm a Timberwolves fan. It's been, you know, we got Cat, and besides that, it's been a pretty, pretty uh, barren time over in Minnesota for quite a while. I am not a Knicks fan at all. I live in New York now. I actually live in Brooklyn. So I, I do like the Nets, but I want to ask you about basketball, but I actually want to ask you about the second thing you mentioned about high performing things. So you nerd out about it. What is it? What is it that you specifically nerd out about? Like what's the actual outcome that you nerd out about around that? Well, I've always, I've always really enjoyed like peak performance, right? I've always wanted to be at the top of my game as an athlete. Now, like I'm an underdog. So I'm an undersized guy playing basketball my whole life, being told I'd uh-huh. never make it, being told I could never do it. So I always had to find ways that would differentiate me that wasn't just related to my height, right? So, so how could I become better? And what were the ways that I could do that while still maintaining elite grades and doing all these things? So I've always been like, how do I get better than, than great, right? How do I be the best and finding those different things? So for me, you know, I look at the morning routine. And I modify my routine. I adjust my routine. I look at the habits that I've created. I look at the triggers of the things that are caught, that are in my life. And the reasons for that ultimately is because I define success in my life as having the freedom to do what I want, when I want, with who I want. And so if I'm able to create the structure, the routines, the habits that enable me to have even more freedom to spend more time to say yes to the things that I really want to say yes to, then I've, I've, I'm getting closer to winning at the game. And uh, for me, life's just a big game and I'm just having a blast through it and I'm finding those ways to, to get me to the top of it. Nice, man. Yo, so you said you played basketball. Did you play, did you play in college? No. So I chose academics at USC, Southern Cal, mm-hmm. over pursuing potentially a Division two or Division three uh, athletic experience. And I think gotcha. that was the right choice. Yeah. Uh, a USC, my... This real quick, real quick. That's nah, not a sidebar. It's my show. It's part of the conversation. My wife is a Buckeye, and I will never. I will always remember that when we first started dating. It must have been two thousand seven, maybe two thousand eight. We went to the Ohio State USC game at the Coliseum, and Le- Matt Leinart was the quarterback. Okay. So that would have been that would have been like what mid to, like late two thousands, like two thousand six, two thousand seven, and I believe the Buckeyes got their butts kicked. So yeah. I went, I've been to one USC football game. Well, congratulations. You were on the, uh, the right side of, of history there. <laughs> that is probably not what my wife would say, but okay. Yep. That, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, so Jake, we're, we're talking now about a little bit about comfort zones. So for the audience to define the comfort zone is the thing that you either know how to do, you're willing to do, or is easy for you. And so the co- first question I have for you around this is, what, what is something that it would be inside of your comfort zone that might be outside of somebody else's? And I want to caveat this. You are a professional speaker, so I'm going to take that off the table. You can't say speaking in public because that, well, maybe it is something that's still outside your comfort zone, but I'm, I'm not going to give you the layup there on that one. So what's something else besides public speaking that is inside your comfort zone? I think something that's inside my comfort zone, and yeah, outside of speaking, um, even though it's related, is being able to talk to anybody um, mm-hmm. at pretty much any time. And that for me is something that, that I've found comes naturally and then I've learned how to be better at it. 
where for a lot of people, that's very intimidating to approach new people, to, um, to, to, to try to build relationships out of nothing, to go to an event and, and make friends or to be at a wedding and, and be at a table where you don't know too many people and, and get to know everybody, right? So for me, that's something that's, that's in my comfort zone that I don't think is in everyone else's comfort zone. Oh, no, abs- absolutely. That is out of a lot of people's comfort zones. That is actually something that is in, inside of my comfort zone as well. I spent, before going into the coaching coaching world, I spent 19 years in sales. So it's kind of hard to be in sales if you're not willing to talk to strangers. <laughs> Makes that profession pretty challenging because that's kind of what you do all day, at least to start. So um, any any advice for people who want to get more who want to be, who want to have more confidence to go up and talk to that person they want to talk to, whether it be in their dating life or maybe it's a work relationship or any any advice for what people can do to to make that a bit easier. Oh, of course. I mean, one of the one of the things that that you can do is is always remember two things. One, no one else, if this is in business or in anything, no one else knows what you're going to say before you say it. Only you have prepped in your head 150,000 times what you want to say and hope comes out of your mouth, right? But the other person has no idea what you were going to say. So even if you mess up what you thought was perfection, it still is going to be better than what you (laughs) think you performed as. So that's one thing. And when you realize that, it takes away the power from from being scared of the rejection or being scared of the disappointment or, or being scared of disappointing yourself, right? But then the other thing about that is more often than not, People on the other side of the phone, people on the other side of you going up to them are just as nervous as you are. And this has been something that's huge, especially when it comes to business and sales is like, people are like, well, what is it going to cost me? What am I going to have to do? What do they expect from me? And, And a lot of that is they're nervous, just like you are when you approach them. And so it's all about easing, easing the conversation. It's all about finding commonalities. And when you realize that, it kind of removes some of that anxiety and some of that stress of being willing to approach somebody because you're both in the same place. And often you going up to introduce yourself makes them feel so much better that they didn't have to do it. You know, like even me, I'm very outgoing as we just talked about. There's nothing I like more though when someone else at an event comes up to talk to me first. Like that's one of the coolest things. Um, It just makes you feel good, right? And it also Mm -hmm. takes that pressure off of you having to do all of the work. Um, to get the thing started. So those are two quick pieces that I think, you know, for people that don't always like to go up or, or are a little bit nervous, uh, that, that's really helpful in, in any aspect of life. Yeah, I love that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something else in here that I can't remember if it was one of my other guests or just something I read somewhere. But the thing is like, we all have these stories about ourselves and, you know, at, at times a lack of confidence or a lot of confidence. When you meet a new person, all they know about you is what they know about you in that moment. So like your past failures or the, the things that didn't work for you or the things that work for you, like none of that actually is in somebody else's purview and all it's like the, you know, the cliche about never get a second chance to make a first impression, but you're like, Oh my God, am I going to be good enough? Am I smart? Am I good looking enough? And like, they only know you in the moment that they meet you and none of the things from the past actually matter in that moment. 100%. 100%. I mean, no one knows if you just went through a breakup. No one knows if you just yeah. closed a million dollar deal. No one knows if you had five gray hairs or 10 gray hairs before today, right? Like <laughs> no one knows any of that stuff, right? And like, like I say yeah. that because that's something that, that I've, I've recently started to, to have some gray hairs and I'm a younger dude. And I was like, at first I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is the worst thing that ever happened. And then I'm like, 
no one knows how what my hair used to look like. They just know me now. And who I am now is still amazing. And it's still going to be yeah. the best person they're going to meet today, right? And, and yeah. that's the thought process that you got to have. But it is it is true on that. Like, you're the only, you are the person that you are in that moment for people that have never met you. They don't know yeah. who you are, what you've done, or what you're trying to do. All they know is that you're right in front of them and words are coming out of your mouth potentially. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a pro tip here, Jake. And I'm speaking for a quote unquote friend. There are, there are easy ways to get rid of gray hair. I've heard, I've heard, I can't speak to any personal experience or maybe I can easy. It's easy to get rid of gray hair. Yes. I've, I've, I've heard that. Um, right now I'm, I'm, I'm rocking the salt and pep. Oh, nice. No, yeah. A little bit and seeing, seeing yeah. where it takes me. I mean, I'm a single man in Santa Monica, California. So, so we'll see, we'll see where, where that takes me. But yeah, you know, the beautiful thing about it is there's, there's always, uh, like I said, there's always ways to, to adjust your routine, to adjust what it is that you're doing. If you want to be better, if you want to make adjustments and, yep. um, and that's a great thing. So I appreciate, uh, your friend's tip. Yeah. My, my friend's tip. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. So you're a, seem like a pretty fearless guy. But I'll bet you there's something that is outside of your comfort zone that's likely inside of somebody else's. What what would maybe what would that thing be for you? Man, I, I just sense this one coming from a mile away. And it's <laughs> it is it is something that I don't have a good answer for. So something that's outside of my comfort zone that's inside someone else's comfort zone. Um okay, something that's outside of my comfort zone. So I'm I'm incredibly not flexible. And it's literally like something that's huge. So there are times like where I have to like think about what I'm willing to get myself into that other people would never think twice about. And it's Mm. gotten to the point where I've literally invested in a 21 day hip flexibility challenge, try to open my hips up a little bit because everything's connected. So, so that's something. Um, but when I was younger, when I was younger, I had the biggest worry about my eyebrows. So I, I was, I was known, right. You know, like, like, you know how people have labels growing up, right? Like yeah. the macho guy, the athletic guy. So, so I was the hairy guy, right? Yeah. And, okay. And like in sixth grade, I had armpit hair before everybody else. In seventh grade, I was like actually shaving my mustache high school. Wow. You know, early on, I was the substitute teacher. People, I like, got confused. It was great. Right? Oh my God. But, but I was nervous because my eyebrows were bushier than everybody else's eyebrows. Okay. And I had to take care of them. Right. And, you know, 10 years ago, that was like crazy that, that, you know, some guys were getting their eyebrows done and I was freaking out because none of my other friends did it. And I'm in high school and I'm worried about my eyebrows. And, and for most people, that, that might not even be a thought that comes up is that their eyebrows are something, yeah. like, you know, but, but what I think is really important here and, and, and the whole thing is like, everybody has something that's going on, right? Whether yeah. it's a comfort zone thing or whether it's an insecurity or whether it's whatever, right? We all have that thing right? Like, is my waistband too high or too low? Are my shorts too high, too low? Is my hair too gray, too dark, right? Like, we all have these. Um, we all have these insecurities and these flaws. And I think like, for me, the biggest lesson that I took away from that is like, now I, my eyebrows are one of my greatest assets, one of my greatest features. And it took me time to realize that. But once I tapped into that, it's made me even more appreciate who I am as a person. And it's being able to make me own myself, made me be able to fill up my own cup so I could give more to others. Because the most important relationship that we're ever going to have in this life is the one with ourselves. I mean, yeah, we talk totally. to ourselves more than anyone else in the world. So we might as well make sure we're telling ourselves the right things to help us get to the place we want to go and do the things that, that, we, that we aim to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I was the, I was the kid in seventh grade who uh, didn't 
I, I, I'm still pretty hairless. Like just my whole family, we don't, we're not, we're from like Scan, like Scandinavian, you know, upper yeah. Midwest Scandinavian. So we don't, nothing, but you, I'm thinking about like the eyebrows and the shaving. I, you would have been the guy to be like, I don't want to go in the locker room with this dude. Cause he's like shaving and has actual hair. And is like, I'm just, you would be outside my comfort zone if we were in seventh grade together where I would feel very, uh, very low self-esteem. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had the, I there's there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of of hair jokes throughout the uh, throughout the the Kelfer family in our lifetime. Um, that's funny. Having the, the bush of hair, my my dad did a comedy skit one time, and, and he even brought in the man groomer, which is like a, <laughs> a, a a shaving device for for men who need to like get to in the hard to reach places, right? Because you're not yep. going to ask someone else to shave your back or to shave like no. parts of your body. And it so Oof. you know we we've we've been able to um, very fortunately be able to laugh um, at some of these things that that have gone on, but. I think that's, I think that's just part of the game. And, uh, yeah. I've been able to have a lot of fun doing it. And like I said, for me, the eyebrow thing, now it's like the easiest way for someone when I'm talking to them, um, to, to see that I'm paying attention because I can raise them up really quick and they go, <laughs> they, they capture my attention. Or if yeah, I'm, it, I'm like 50 feet away, I can raise those bad boys up and you're going to see me coming from a mile away and you can be like, Oh, this person wants to talk. It's great. Cause he just gave me the eyebrow nod. Yeah. That's awesome. And relating it, I always like to tie it back, relating it all back to sports. You're in good company with Anthony Davis, Lake, yeah. Los Angeles Laker, otherwise known as nicknamed the Brow. Yeah. So, I mean, here's the difference though. Okay. Here's the big difference here. And I want to make this very Is this the only, this is the only difference between you and yeah, Anthony this, Davis? Yeah. This is the only difference between me and Anthony Davis at 6'11". This is the only difference. So for all the people that are listening, the big difference here is like he chooses to have the Brow and the singular Brow. Yeah. I choose to have two massively, incredibly Brows. But there is no connection in between, okay? I want to make that very clear. I take, I go get my eyebrows done on a monthly basis um, yeah. because I need to take care of myself. And for me, I don't, I don't want the brow. I want my brows. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And so that is the only difference, Jason, between me and my boy AD. The only difference. The only difference. The only difference. The only difference. difference, yeah. I like it. I like it. That's awesome, Jake. All right. So moving on to the next question I have for you, you are, you're a speaker and I know we're going to talk a lot more about that on the episode today, but I'm going to start here and you, I'm going to give you five minutes, not here in the, not here in the show, but let's say that I had the power to give you five minutes and you get to deliver it. Let's say you got to deliver it one at the, the DNC or the RNC, which is timely because the DNC is Democratic National Convention is currently going on and millions of people get to listen to this speech. What would you use that five minutes for? In other words, what would you give your speech on and why? I love that, man. What a, what a wonderful question. I mean, just beautiful. The, uh, the thing I would give my speech on is I would talk about um, what success means, how you can achieve personal success regardless of what other people think about. And you can do that by mm -hmm. taking intentional action building a world-class network and having fun along the journey. That would be what I would tell in five minutes. I'd probably throw in a story in there real quick to get some laughs or to get some emotional connection, but it's all about defining success on your own terms and not worrying about what other people define it as so you can remove your comparison, limit your guilt of not doing things and live a life of freedom that you enjoy. That would be yeah. my five-minute spiel uh, if I had the attention of, of everybody because I think we could all use a little less pressure on ourselves and I think we could yes. all use a little more clarity and and what we're trying to do and why we're trying to do it. Yeah. So 
good speakers, and I'm sure you have this, you always have a call to action at the end of your speech. That's what helps keep it memorable. What is your call to action to the audience listening today around that speech? I, I would say that I would, this would be my call to action. Ask yourself this question. What is my definition of success? And it's not the definition that someone else has said it is. It's not the definition that you may be even living. It's the definition of how you define success and, and how does that fit in all areas of your life, financially, relationally, charitable, uh, fitness, health, emotional. All of these aspects play a big role into the overall definition of success. So I would say, ask yourself that. Then dive down into, into each one. What does success look like for each area? Then rate them one to 10. The ones, anything below a seven, you need to, you need to make a little bit more effort to put your intentions behind that. That's cool, man. Well, thanks for the time so far, Jake. We are going to take a brief commercial pause and we'll be right back after that. The Talking to Cool People podcast is brought to you by Jason Frizzell Coaching. Jason works with amazing people who are looking to find and develop their passion and purpose and create their journey to wherever it is they want to go. Check us out at jasonfrizzell.com, Facebook, or on Instagram. Jason loves hearing from anyone who thinks it would be cool to connect, to be coached, or to be a guest on our show. Email him at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com or DM him on Facebook and Instagram. And now, back to some more amazing conversation on talking to cool people. All right. And we are back with Jake Kelfer talking about eyebrows, being authentic basketball, and a lot of other great stuff. So we, I know we got a lot more to go here, Jake. So what I've got for you next is kind of a question, but more just a statement or something you can play with. Love to hear about your journey to what led you here to August of 2020, what you're up to in the world in terms of what you do for a living and how you help people. Just uh, you know, anything you'd like to share with the audience at this point, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, I'll kind of take you guys back. I'll, I'll take you guys back a little bit because for me, you know, I'm very blessed that I have two amazing parents. Very blessed that I have a younger brother, three and a half years younger. We got to do his freshman year of college, my senior year of college together. I mean, I've been very blessed to have this incredible family. And so I feel that whenever I get a chance to talk about some of the things that I've been able to do, um, I always make sure it's my duty to, to share how important it is to feel that you're loved. And for me, I grew up knowing what it felt like to be loved and understanding that when you have somebody believe in you, when you have someone that tells you to go for it and shoot for it, and if you mess up, it's okay. Like having parents like that and um, being able to be supportive, I was always willing to go after my dreams. And so for me, a lot of the reason that I do what I do is because I want to give people that same belief, that same love for them, that they can do what they want to do. They can achieve their definition of success. They can start that business. They can lose that weight. They can do whatever it is that, that they want to do that maybe they're not believing because they don't have anyone else there supporting them along the way. And that whole mentality, though, has led me to be able to continue to take my internal ambition of wanting to play for the Lakers of wanting to, to start my own combine, of wanting to write my first book at 23, of wanting to travel the world as a speaker, has helped me realize that in the pursuit of all these things, that enjoying the journey is one of the most important pieces that, that can come to fruition. 
and can come to a realization in your life. So for me, it's kind of been a, a, an unbelievable journey that's, that's had a lot of great influences, but it's all been boiled down to, to trying to essentially, for me, elevate people to lift, lift themselves up a little bit higher than they were the day before or a little mm-hmm. bit higher than they were before interaction. And um, now, you know, I'm able to travel the world uh, speaking and inspiring people. I'm able to coach entrepreneurs to, to growing their business. I'm able to help NBA prospects sign their first contract. I mean, the world has, has provided incredible opportunities. And now it's my job to, to bring people up with me on this, on this, on this, uh, on this journey. That's cool. Have you been... Have you been, so I know a lot of speakers, I have quite a few speakers on the show here. I'm curious, we're in the middle of a, you know, a hundred year pandemic. What have, what's been the, the thing that you've taken on or how have you adapted to, you know, like stages are closed, right? So what have you done to adapt to your business model there around the speaking that, that's been effective for you? Or, and, and I'm asking for you, but also asking, you know, you're a, a wise person who does a lot of this. Any advice you'd have for the audience who's also dealing with, perhaps changes to their business model or such due to COVID-19? 100%, man. And I'll preface it by saying this. We are in the business of people. It doesn't matter what you do. We are in the business of people. People will always be the reason for a decision to be made, right? A decision to be a customer, a decision to go on a date, a decision to bring you in, whatever it may be. Now, of course, we can't go on to regular stages at the time of this, but we can have virtual stages and there's a lot of other opportunities. But the one thing that, that I would say to other people, as well as something that I've made a, even more of an effort to do, is to continue to build the relationships with the right people. And if you want to get on more stages or if you want to be speaking more, right now is when you need to be developing more and more relationships. And the way that you're going to build relationships is changing from where it was even six months ago to where it is now. And so being able to know how to digitally dive into relationships, and we can talk about that, Jason, in a second, mm-hmm. but being able to yeah. really understand that, hey, this is the new way of networking, the new way of communication, the new way of connecting. And these relationships that you build now are going to pay incredible dividends even further because a lot of speakers, a lot of speakers right now are, are going into a different industry. And unfortunately, this situation has caused a lot of people who spoke either part-time or even full-time, or if it was their only gig that they were doing, has forced them to figure out a whole new game plan or has forced them to pivot because they need to get more uh, consistent income coming in because every yeah. event was shut down, which means, which means there is more opportunity to build relationships with people so that when things do come back, you are top of mind. One yeah. of the ways people make decisions is they go to who's most frequently in their mind and who is someone that they've recently heard from, okay? And digitally, it's going to become more important than ever before because it's not like you're going to be seeing people at events or hearing people on big stages, right? You're going to be connecting with them in a one-on-one basis. And so for me, what I've been doing a lot outside of like really diving deeper into the relationships is I was doing when this whole thing first started. I reach out to some of the some of the, the people that I speak. I speak a lot with high schools and students and leadership groups. Yeah. And I talk to a lot of people in that industry. I was like, hey, I know it's crazy right now. Nobody's got any answers. But let me, uh, if your seniors want a goodbye, a 30-minute goodbye, like let me hop on and give them some inspiration to keep them going through this time. Or if your younger kids want to get, get excited because this is not how they expected high school to be, I'll jump in there. And that's building relationships. And not only have I been able to get on more stages that way, I've been able to get in front of the decision makers who can bring me to all the events I want to be speaking at, and I can have them see me in action. But most importantly is I can show them that, look, I'm not about 
just doing this to make a paycheck. I'm in this mm-hmm. to make a difference, really genuinely in here to make a difference because look, every speaker says they're in there to make a difference, but your actions have to match up with your words. And this is one of the ways that I've been able to develop a relationship, provide incredible value and set the stage for future communication and future value that'll in turn get me future gigs, get me more referrals and things along that nature. So that's what I would really say is it comes on understanding your network, understanding what your needs are, understanding what you, what you desire, understanding, again, going back to this, what is your definition of success as a speaker? And then mm-hmm. what are the actions you need to be doing to do that with an emphasis on the connection piece um, through, a digital, through a digital vehicle? Yeah, it's cool. What's your, so I'm going to state the obvious. We don't know, we don't know when stages are opening up. So right now, if somebody's listening to this, there'll be a lot of people listening to this. My guess is they're going to want to talk to you and perhaps have you come speak. What's your, what's like an ideal audience for you? Like, who do you, like, what's, what's the audience that you really, really like to get in front of and, and deliver your messaging to? Yeah. I mean, I always love working in, with education and, and students and, and educators. I mean, my mom was an educator, uh, graduate school professor at the USC School of Social Work. So I know I, I just have so much respect for the education, for people in education. I know how hard mm-hmm. they work and everything. So I, I always yeah. love working in that space. I think it's one of the most thankless jobs that exist. So I always love doing that. Um, but I also do a lot of work with, with businesses and leadership teams and, and high-performing indiv- and entrepreneurs. So yeah. a lot of the places that I'll do is I'll jump into people's masterminds groups. I'll do a lot of virtual stages, different summit interviews, different things like that. Um, which by the way, if you're listening and you're a speaker, these are some of the ways that you can still get booked and still be able to make uh, revenue generating opportunities for yourself, even if they're not the, the same traditional ones that we're used to uh, pre-COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, I want to give a shout out. My brother, my brother works in education as well. You know, you're talking about it's a, it's a tough job. I mean, talk about it's a tough job. And then on top of, a, in a lot of states, like New York state is um, the city right now, the New York city public schools is hybrid model where we are currently living is five days a week. There are areas of the country. Like, I don't know if you've been reading about this, but I, I think there's Georgia and Indiana and a couple other States, and I might be wrong about this. Like they went back to school and now they're like back in out of school. So I want to give an extra big shout out to any teachers or educators, anybody who's in the educational space, like on top of that being a really challenging job and it's such an important job, man, on top of that, like my, my best friend from high school, John, he's a teacher, he's a high school physics teacher, and he's also a sports coach in Minnesota. And I was talking to him and he was telling me about what he has to deal with as a teacher now. And he's got to deal with kids being in the classroom like two days a week. And then he has to have lesson planning and have the logistics around also having those same kids be hybrid the other three days a week. So you can't even, you can't even be like, oh, this is the in-classroom lesson plan. Today we're watching a movie. Today we're doing experiments. It's like a whole, it's a whole new thing. And no surprise, no teachers getting paid anymore. At least I don't know of any teachers getting paid more to work during this time. So I just wanted to say that and give a shout out to all the educators out there that this, you know, we see you, this is, it's a challenging time. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to all the educators and shout out to everyone else, right? Like, like, let, you know, obviously we're focused on education right here, but like, think about just everybody who's had to make an adjustment, how to make a pivot. We've all been impacted in this in such a variety of ways. And like, I've just, I've talked to so many people who have made like incredible pivots and changes to keep themselves alive, to go into survival mode and then to come out flourishing. Like, 
there's been so many incredible people who have taken their knowledge and their 20 years of experience, and then now they're turning them into a business and they're making more money per month than they were ever making in their, in their nine to five. And it's like, it's like one of the coolest things for me because it just like, you know, we've, we hear all the negative stuff in the news, but it, it's so cool to see how many people make the most of opportunities, how many people come together in times of, you know, hardships. And I think that's really, uh, really powerful. And, and I'm really, uh, I'm really grateful to see that, especially in time where there's, there hasn't been a ton of positivity, um, you know, on a global scale from, from Corona. Yeah. Thanks, Jake. I have one more question for you about your journey. And this is a curiosity question because I'm a sports guy like you. What, what was your, what was your, um, what was your position in basketball? Like what was your specialty or like what, you know, what, what, what did, what did you play one through five? And then kind of what was your what was your specialty? Were you a ball handler? Were you a rebounder? Were you a shooter? Like what? Yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit about your basketball career. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a point guard through and through. I was ah, always the smallest nice. guy on the court. So point guard, I mean, I, you know, shooting guard possibly, but I was never going to play the five, never going to play the four, never going to play the three. Always going to be a one or two, but I, I loved having the ball in my hands. I loved being able to pass and set myself, set my teammates up. I would yeah. take an assist over like a, like a dunk for me any day of the week. Part of that's because yeah. I've never dunked on a 10-foot rim. The other part <laughs> of it is, is the feeling of that crisp pass, right? No differences between me and AD except our, our eyebrows, but um, – yeah. I love the feeling of a great pass. Um, and I also love being the court general and, and leading our teams to, to mm -hmm. victory and being, being the guy with the ball with pressure situations. And I just love that, that type of atmosphere. So, you know, there's a player I modeled my game after it was Steve Nash growing up. Yeah. I love Steve Nash. Yeah. He was, he was such a game changer. And also the fact that he was Canadian and ended yeah. up being like, it's, you know, two time repeating MVP it was, yeah, I love Steve Nash. And he seemed like such a genuine dude. I actually saw him playing soccer on a tennis court in New York City one time. I was, I was like, oh, that guy's kind of tall. And like, because, you know, I, I think he is, he's like a part owner of a soccer team now or something like an MLS team or maybe a Premier League team. But I remember I'm like, I'm like, wait, that's that's Steve Nash because he still had the same hair. I guess yeah. he's a big soccer player as well. Yes. And I noticed uh, I'll leave you with this one. I also noticed on if you check out Jake's website, which I'll put in the show notes, the first thing you see is Jake is the Steph Curry of speaking unstoppable. That is a very nice compliment to be the Steph Curry of anything is is a very good thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely say when when Coach Barsh, um, who's a good friend and, and the assistant coach at Boise State, when, when he when he sent me that, I was blown away. I mean, it was, it was, you know, the highest regard and something that, that was like very humbling to, to receive, but also as a basketball fan, combining sports and business is like something that I'd love to do. And so for someone else to make that comparison and, and, and do that was just, was really awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Well, thanks so much, Jake, for sharing all that. All right, Jake. So this is the part of the show where I take you off the hot seat and we swap. So this is the part of the show where my guests get to ask me anything. So Jake, what do you want to ask me about? So tell me, what is your definition of success? Hmm. Oh man, this is a <laughs> this is a great question because I th this is I specifically am a success and leadership coach. So this is this is actually a question that I ask all my clients at some point pretty early on in working together. So this is a and this is a really interesting question for me. And I relate it to what I used to think it was to where I am today. So I 
just by way of background for the audience who doesn't know me, who hasn't listened to an episode or heard me talk about this, I was always in somehow related to sales, even in high school and then in college. And then I got a got out of college and got a sales job right away. And I always did pretty well for myself. And I, I like some things about sales a lot. And I always viewed my success through the lens of what my quota was and achieving my quota and making the money that comes along with that and having kind of like the sales context or the sales mentality, which had me um, a, a couple of years ago, like take a step back and say, like, is this really the success that I want? Is this really success? Because, and love sales. There's, I, I think, you know, like we're always buying something from somebody. Most of us are selling something to somebody, whether you're selling the selling, you know, like selling a speech that you're putting on a stage, whether you're selling a coaching service, we're most, all of us are selling something. So I, I admire salespeople. Like I have no issue with sales, but a couple of years ago, I actually uh, sat back and I was, I was doing okay. Like my career was going pretty well. And I said, like, there's something missing. And I'm like, Marriage is good. At the time, we had a we had a two year old. Uh, like life is good. We live where we want to live. We like you know we like our apartment. Family's good. Like nothing was actually quote unquote wrong. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there's this. I don't know if you've ever felt this, or I'm sure you've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs like this. There was just something that was like missing, and I didn't actually know what it was. And what I came to realize through actually. Like, Long story, I won't go into today, but I actually hired a coach and I didn't really know what that meant. And through working with her, what I came to realize is like, I didn't feel successful. So I love this question. And no, like for the audience listening, this is not a setup. This is not something that Jake and I talked about. I would own it if we did. So to to answer your question, for me, what I view as success for me, and I agree with you, what you said earlier in the episode is it's so individualistic. At this point in my life, no, I'm 42. We have a we have a four year old daughter. We actually have a we have a son on the way in October, so we have we're having a coronial, yeah, which is which is very exciting and also like wow, kid during a pandemic, that's fun. And so for me, the success is really about when you get to a point where you kind of have the things you want in your life financially, and not saying that we're millionaires or anything, but like we live comfortably. What success is to me is that my wife is happy my right now my daughter is happy that we're all healthy and that we're all all of us my wife included and myself that we're doing things that we get up in the morning that are excited about mm-hmm. and that's been a game changer for me because i don't know if you ever worked in sales or not but it's not it can be really fun when you win and it's not that fun when you lose most of the time most of the sales people i know this is the context you live in and so for me, it's like, you get to the point where you're like, would I, like you, you're a go-getter. I'll bet you could, my guess is you could probably make more money doing something else based on your attitude, what you know how to do and your expertise, but that wouldn't actually feel like success for you either is my, is my guess. And I don't, I don't know you well enough to know to, but that's just my hypothesis about you. Hmm. And what I take from that again, like my interpretation is that money is not the only thing that you would say is success for you specifically, Jake. So I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like success for me is like freedom to do what I want to a point, obviously, you know, you don't get to do whatever you want to have joy in what you do for your career. 
and it's not going to be joyful all the time. Entrepreneurship is a huge roller coaster, as you know, but yeah. to like find joy and meaning in what you do and to wake up every, not every morning, but to wake up most mornings and say, Hey, like I'm excited about what's on my calendar for today. I'm excited about what I'm doing. And I, and, and this happens for me quite a bit now. I'm like, I can't believe that this is actually a career that I get to do. And I actually get to make a good living and have a lot of joy doing it. So for me, it's like the success is relationships, uh, holistically, health. And when I include health, like your body, like you can do, you can generally do the things you want to do. Like maybe you can't go run a marathon anymore, but I can get up in the morning. You were, and you were talking, and you probably know this, you're talking about not being flexible. That's a game changer, man. Like I used to be really inflexible as well. And I worked, I've worked with my trainer for a long time on it. It's really nice to be able to get up and be able to kind of do the things you want to do with your body without pain. Um, and then the last thing is like specifically around work, the ability to get up and say like, I'm excited about this. This is something I'm doing and it's making the impact I want to make on the world. So to me, that's success. And it's okay if for somebody like I want to make a I want to make five million dollars a year. Or for me, success is I only call myself successful when I do keynote speeches at arenas to in front of twenty thousand people. Or I'm only successful when I'm running when I'm running a company with thousands of people. I don't have any judgment around any of that. Um, I don't have any judgment around any of that. I think it's really it's really specific to each of us. So that's that's how I define success. Yeah, I, I I like that. I like that answer, and it's great diving into that a little bit because because I think here's here's the thing that I think a lot of people they, that that we do is we compare ourselves to the wrong people, right? We look at somebody's journey, we're like, oh, that's what success is, but they're in chapter twelve of their biography, and you're in chapter four of your biography, right? Like, and and you're probably even writing about a different genre in the first place, but yet we are so focused on comparing to other people, but that's not even what's going to make us fulfilled in our life, right? So for the person that wants $5 million, that's incredible. Go after $5 million. But for the person that wants $3,000 a month so that they can go on an extra vacation a year, well, that's also success, right? And so, yeah. so I, love, I love diving deep into that, um, which will lead me to my next question for you, if, if I can ask one more. Of course. Which, which would be, um, you know, talking about success is important and thinking about success in our own ways is important. But one of the biggest things that, that I talk about and one of the biggest things that people always ask me is, well, how do you actually do that? How do you actually get started? So my question mm-hmm. to you is really, what is, if you could only tell somebody to take one action, what, what would that action be if, if they wanted to get closer to success or if they wanted to get, become a better leader, right? As a success and leadership coach, what yeah. is like the one action that, that you think, regardless of who they are, where they're at in their journey, can do and it will show incredible progress? Yeah. That's a great question. It it depends. If I had to pick one one answer, and this is going to be a little cliched, just start. Start somewhere, like whatever that thing is. So I guess like relating. So I coach a lot with like small business owners, like uh, like tech entrepreneurs. So if you don't feel like where you are and you see where you want to go to, just start doing something and trying things. It's kind of what you were saying earlier about just going up to people. Just go up to that thing in your life that you're actually resisting because usually the resistance is there for a reason because the resistance is actually, resistance can be good. And my guess is you probably talk, you probably speak on this. Resistance can be good. So 
I hate to say like follow the fear because that's a little bit cliched, but it's like lean into the resistance mm. so that you can actually see what's on the other side. And if you lean into the resistance and there isn't another side, at least you've tried. So I would say like start somewhere. And like most that. people know what that thing is that they're resisting or they know that thing that they sh- say, I hate the, the word like should be doing. But most people that I know, like there's something that I should do or I could do that would move me forward in an area of my life. And they don't do it because it's resistance, fear. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. Those are all things. But there's usually something that somebody can do that actually doesn't take necessarily a ton of time. It doesn't necessarily take any money. So I'll give you an, I'll give you an example. So somebody says, hey, I really want to become a speaker. But I've never spoken anywhere. Well, I think you know, you know the old advice in the speaking world, and you would know this better than me, but it's like, go start. Like you said, go find a networking group to give a free speech to. Go give, give a speech to two people. Practice, practice, like start doing it as opposed to saying, well, I want to be a speaker, but I don't know how, so I'm not going to do it. So I would say like the advice I would give is, and the coaching I would give is just start. Nice. I love that. And I, I have a great story on top of that. Um, but but I'll, I'll mention this when it comes to just starting is like, there's so many things in our life that, that we're hesitant to do, right? With that resistance that comes into our mind, that those doubts or the beliefs that, that hold us back. And so a couple of years ago, I did something called my 12-month journey. And this was my way of tackling things that, I, that I'd always wanted to do but claimed I never had the time to do, things that I was scared to try, or things that I was just like, this could be fun, right? Yeah. And literally every month, I would do a different one of these tasks for that month. So in one of the months I did Israeli self-defense called Krav Maga. Oh, Another yeah. month I like practiced cooking. Another month I did a Euro trip. Another month I did like insanity, the workouts. Another mm-hmm. month I did marketing for my first book and I like, learned how to market a book. Um, another month I did hip hop dancing. And that was like <laughs> out of my comfort zone, right? Especially with my inflexibility, yeah. right? Like I'm, I'm stiff, but like I got some rhythm. So it was, it was great and, and that was awesome. And then like one of the months I even learned Chinese. And the craziest thing after the craziest thing happened, and I, I don't know if this has anything to do with that, but like I learned Chinese because like my grandpa had always told me like learn Chinese, learn Chinese. I was like no, 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 I'm good. But then I was like you know what, I'll try it for a month. And then two years after I did that, so about a year and a half ago uh, or so, I, I was in China speaking in my first big international speaking engagement, and it was one of those things that like you know sometimes when you push yourself out there and you get started, things that you can never imagine start to get implanted into your brain and then things happen and they work out different ways, but none of that happens unless you start. And yeah. I, I have, I have unlimited stories on this because starting has been one of the biggest things for me um, in my journey. Um, that's, that's really enabled me to, to do some of the things, you know, if you go back to what I was talking about in the beginning about these parents that told me to just try and see what, see what you can make of it. And those, those types of things, those little actions create a, a great experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. Well, thank you for the questions. That's those are I always love to get the thought provoking questions and that have me good coach, good coaching, Jake. I like it. Thank you. All right, I'm taking the taking the hot seat. Um, I'm putting the, I'm giving the hot seat back to you. I hope it's not right. too hot. Maybe just maybe just a little hot. So, so Jake, yeah, burn it up. I'm sure. Well, you are in Santa Monica, where it's probably delightful weatherwise. <laughs> You California people, the best coast, West coast. Uh, what, so Jake, what are you passionate about? Passionate about a lot of things. Passionate about reading, passionate about being healthy, passionate about my family, passionate about playing basketball and exercising, 
passionate about helping other people achieve their dreams, um, passionate about a nice cold Coors Light on a, on a good afternoon, yes. passionate about hanging out with great people, meeting great people, passionate about a lot of, a lot of things, pretty much passionate about a, a lot of the things that, that, do, that I do to, to bring me fulfillment and enjoyment. Yeah. What's the, what's the thing you're most passionate about right now? Like right now, meaning like by August, what is August 20th, 2020? What's the thing, what's the, what's your passion project now? What's the thing that you're, you're, you're keyed in on at the moment? Yeah. The thing that I'm keyed in most on in the moment, um, outside of like, obviously my family, because everything I do revolves back around the family aspect, but mm-hmm. it's, it's really building up our, our coaching program called the elite elevation business by connection. For me, that's becoming something that I've been able to combine everything that I've learned in growing a speaking business, writing two books, starting the combine, helping 70 NBA players sign their first contract, and now putting that into a program, step-by-step framework, helping entrepreneurs take their business to six figures and beyond. And that's yeah. like something I'm so passionate because the results I get to see are transformations in people's lives. I'm passionate because I get to meet new great people. I'm passionate because I get to share great stories. I get to talk basketball with people. I get a, I get a growing my skill set. So it encompasses a lot of different things. And so that's, that's the thing that I'm like most hyped on and most focused as we head into the next part of, of the year. Cool, man. That's awesome. What's the thing that you're most proud of? The thing that I'm most proud of is that I've been able to do things even when people don't think they're possible or when, even when people tell me that I probably shouldn't do it or don't have the credentials to do it. Mm. And uh, specifically that comes in when we started the professional basketball combine. So what that event is for anyone that's not familiar with like what a combine is, is we host an event that brings 24 NBA draft prospects, um, people that have declared for the draft. They want to go from college basketball to playing pro basketball and getting paid to do so. We bring them to an event. We have them compete in front of the NBA teams. We have them do different type of skill drills, workouts, scrimmages, and also do uh, physical type of training. So vertical jump, lateral agility, all those things. And when we first started that, I was, I was 24 years old and I, had, I didn't have a huge network. I didn't have all the NBA executives or scouts in my phone book that I could speed down. They would do me the favor, which would give the, cre- the event the credibility. I didn't know 100 agents that would just send me their players, no, no questions asked. I didn't know all the national media to hype up the event. And when I first started figuring it all out, because I had to build the network and I had to do it fast because there was a, there was a time frame around this. Yeah. And I was, I'm so proud of that because everyone told me it was not possible. And even when I was calling agents, you know, we talk about sales. Like I think everyone's doing sales in their life in some capacity. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm picking up the phone and I'm dialing every single agent's number that I can get a hold of. And these agents, some of them are like, this is a dumb idea. It's never going to work. Like, why are you doing this? Other people are like, I've been in the business for 20 years. If it could have been done, it would have been done. Hmm. And like, people are just, I mean, these guys are ruthless, right? Like we've all heard, seen Jerry Maguire or heard the story. Oh, yeah. Like, agents being ruthless cutthroat people and i was like damn like they had they, they didn't even acknowledge the young hustle in me right like and and it's not that i was seeking that but it was just like it, that kind of hurt a little bit but i kept going i kept going i kept going we ended up having the event and um i'll never forget after it became a massive success and after one of the agents who was like i would never send my players to you literally a week after the event was like job well done you'll be hearing from me next year 
And I was like, nice. I was like, well, first of all, now if there's if your player wants to come and I got an agent who did take a chance on me, guess who's getting in? Right. But I didn't tell him that, right? But but it was it was all about that is like that's what I'm most proud of is is that things may not always work out the way I, I envision them to, but yeah. because I'm willing to go for it, um, I'm most proud of being willing to do that even in the face of being embarrassed or rejected or failing. And uh, you know, I've made tons of mistakes in this process, but that was one that that worked out and it's and it's taken my career to new heights. That's awesome, Jake. All right, you ready for a little bit of a vulnerability question? Hit me. Well, it, and then by the way, no matter the answer, I probably would have asked you anyway. So yeah. maybe, I, maybe I should stop asking and just ask the actual question to my guest. So the question is, what is something that you're afraid might actually be true about you? What is something that I'm afraid that might actually be true about me? Well, the good thing about coronavirus, I'll say, is that I've done a lot of introspection and self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And I've realized there are certain things that I can be better at and things that I can make adjustments at. Um, but something that I, 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 I realize, and I don't even know how true it is, but it could be true from, from the literature I've been reading. But in some situations, and, and I'm a single guy, I'm 27 years old. And for me, my biggest dream is to have kids and, and be the parent that my parents were to me um, mm-hmm. and provide for my, for my kids. And so I think, you know, as a single guy, 27 years old, Santa Monica, um, I think that the the part here that's that's relevant is that I was afraid going into coronavirus that I was doing everything right and nothing was working. But now looking through it, I've realized that there are things that I needed to figure out on my own before I could be even the right partner for for the right girl. And mm. so it's not even that I was afraid of it. it. I was afraid of it and it was true. And now I've had time to kind of work through that talk to people. I mean, again, I'm blessed that my mom, she's a social worker, right? She's, mm-hmm. she's a licensed uh, practitioner. And, and so I've been able to have her guidance, but, but also I've just been able to like kind of think about it and, and really focus on, you know, thinking about my mindset around women and, and how that translates to the rest of my life um, and everything along those lines. So I hope, I hope people, uh, I hope people take that and, you know, go, roll with it. But for me, that's, that's something that I was afraid of that I think, I think is true. And I've, I've been yeah. working really hard on it to, to get better at it. And uh, things, are, things are already looking up. I've had a couple great, great Zoom dates recently. Nice. And, yeah. Uh, and, and Mrs. Kelfer, she's out there. So if there's, yeah. any, if there's any single ladies in the crowd or anyone that knows, <laughs> that knows uh, <laughs> some mid-20, uh, beautiful, nice, uh, warm-hearted women, uh, I'm, I'm all ears. It'd be a great That's- way to, to get through the cracks and get in touch with me for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. And are you open to open to geography in the time of COVID? Here's the thing that I was afraid that that was true as well as I was definitely closed up. I'm more open now related in relation to a lot of things that maybe I wasn't previously. So yeah, I'm open. Gotcha. Sounds good. Well, if if nothing else from this podcast, besides entertaining the people are going to listen, you have to promise me, Jake, if you actually get a date from this, you have to let me know because that would be just freaking cool. Yeah, no, we, we just put it out there. Let, we'll, we'll yeah, see it's in the universe the, now. Yeah, it's, it's out there. So yeah, that'll be, that'll be great. You'll 100% know. Uh, we'll screenshot the messages. Uh, we'll take a picture. We'll, we'll do it all if it gets to. That's awesome. How far it gets to, for That's sure. right. Social, distance walk, social distancing walks on the Santa Monica beach with masks on. Very romantic. Yeah. Very romantic. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, Jake. So what's your general, general philosophy on life? 
I think of life as a big game. I think of life as a big game. I think that, you know, we got we to gotta do whatever we can to win the game. Now, before we can win a game, we have to play the game. And so if you want to be able to even play the game, you got to go after whatever it is that you want and stop waiting for the right time because that's never going to happen. Um, there's never going to be a right time. There's never going to be a perfect time. That perfect time was today. That perfect time is right now. That perfect time is you listening to this recording and being like, okay, I'm ready to rock and roll. But it's getting in the game. And when you play in the game, you play to win the game. And winning the game looks like this in, in life. Some days you have great days. Those are your W's. Some days you don't have great days or some days, you know, something bad happens and, and you, you spend two hours dealing with it and you got you to gotta adjust and, and, and make, make a move. Those days you may consider your L's. But if you have more W's than L's, more wins than losses, you're going to end up with a great life. And at the end of it, you're going to be playing for the greatest championship of all time, right? And, and that's when you're achieving true success. So my philosophy on life is like, have the greatest ambitions, pick and define what success looks like to you. Pursue that relentlessly. Pursue that relentlessly. Don't ever let anyone tell you your dreams are too big because their minds are just too small. Like that's the truth. Mm. But you go big, right? You go big, you pursue that relentlessly. And at the same time, you enjoy the journey. That's my philosophy on life. And, uh, and I try to live it every single day. And you know, there are days where I don't have the same energy. And I'm like, damn. And then I try to figure out what's wrong so I can move forward, so I can get better. So, I don't, so the next time I have that, I can, I can turn it around even quicker. So yeah. and I can have a fourth quarter comeback, you know, from, from 6 to 8 p.m. at night. I can have that comeback and I can still end the day on a winning note. So that's like my philosophy on life is I make it a game and the game is meant to be enjoyed. The game is meant to be played. I get in the game. I win the game. I have a lot of fun. And that's the philosophy. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So starting to wrap up here today, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience? Either, you know, something that's popped up from a question I've asked you or we've talked about or anything else that you want to leave the audience with? We've covered a lot of great things, a lot, a lot of great things. But I think, you know, one, one more thing that I'll, that I'll mention is that there are no shortcuts in this game. There are no shortcuts and no secret pills, no secret sauce to get you from where you're at to where you want to go. As my dad says, the only shortcut in life is to start now, which encompasses mm. everything we've been talking about today. And I think it's just so important that we define what it, a great life looks like to us and then quit comparing ourselves to others. Quit feeling guilty if you're not up at 5.30 a.m. just because I'm up at 5.30 a.m. or because someone else in your line of work is up at 5.30. Quit comparing yourself to, to the, the metrics that don't matter. Quit viewing yourself based off what other people are doing or showcasing. And when you can do that, you'll be able to have a, bre a breath of fresh air in your life. You'll be able to relax a little bit more. You'll be able to have more freedom. And that's when you can really start to enjoy the game. So that's what I would say as like one more thing that I really wanted to emphasize, um, which is kind of a summation of everything that you've asked me and part of what I've asked you. And um, mm -hmm. I'd, love, I'd love to leave them, with, leave everyone who's listening with, with that. That's cool, Jake. So how can the audience find you? And what I mean is they could not go knocking on doors in Santa Monica. I'm not sure that that's probably the best thing to do right now. Where can they find you online? Like, I know you have a website. Like, where else, where else can people connect with you? So I'm on, I'm on every social platform, but my favorite right now is Instagram, which is at Jake Kelfer, which is my first okay. and last name. And then my website, jakekelfer.com. Check me out there. And then what we'll do for everybody, um, what we'll do for everyone is, is my book is called Elevate Your Network. Um, and you can get, anyone who's listening to this can get a free copy of the book, a paperback nice. copy shipped to your door. You just got to cover the small little shipping fee. And you can do that and grab that copy 
um, in the bio in my Instagram or on my website. It'll be all over. Just, just get it um, and we'll get it to your doorstep. And that has the 25 keys to building extraordinary relationships in life and business. So that'll help you if you're a speaker trying to make you know, the next wave, right? There's tips on digital networking. There's tips on general networking, in-person networking, but it'll help you learn the foundations and the techniques that you need to take your business and your life to that elevated and next level. That's awesome. I, uh, I, should, I didn't tell you this at the beginning, but for those people, so I'm a, I'm a Kindle guy, right? I'm a, I read all electronic. I, 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 don't, I personally don't like paper books. I like uh, electronic books. So I can read on my yeah. phone or my iPad or my Kindle. It's actually available available on Kindle Unlimited. So if you're a Kindle Unlimited subscriber, like I think it, that comes with Amazon Prime, you can go in there. And so I actually picked up your book. So I cannot wait to read it. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. All right, Jake, last thing for us. You've, left, you've given a lot of gold today. And a tradition I have here on the show is to have each of my guests leave us with some words of wisdom. And those words of wisdom should ironically fit in an Instagram post, and I'm not talking about the text, I'm talking about the graphic itself. So what's the, what are the words of wisdom you want to leave the audience with that they can, you know, put up on a post-it note, put on their computer desktop and just remember you by? Mm. So I already said the only shortcut in life is to start now. That's one of my favorites uh, for my dad, but I would say live in the moment and enjoy the journey. Live in the moment and enjoy the journey. Thank you so much for reaching out, Jake. I am really glad that you uh, you decided to, to take that on. And it was a really abs- an absolute pleasure to have you on today. And I wish you the very best in everything you're up to. And I can't wait to see what you create and, uh, and always be a, a part of each other's networks now. It's really exciting to have you here. So thanks again for being on today. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Had, had a blast. And I hope everyone listening enjoyed, uh, enjoyed our convo. It was a great time. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for listening to another episode of Talking to Cool People with Jason Frizzell. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and give us a shout out or take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. If something from today's episode piqued your interest and you'd like to connect, email us at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com. We love hearing from our listeners because... You're Thanks cool for listening to another episode of Talking to Cool People with Jason Frizzell. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and give us a shout out or take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. If something from today's episode piqued your interest and you'd like to connect, email us at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com. We love hearing from our listeners because you're cool people too.